welcome back to It's Super Important, the podcast about literary-inspired web series. My name is Jules. And I'm Zoe, and today we're going to be discussing episodes 21 through 30 of Project Green Gables Season 2. There were some really good ones in this batch. Yeah, there definitely were. And a bunch of things that I forgot uh, that even happened. Some, like, two-episode arcs that I, like, completely forgot about for some reason. Yeah, there's a lot that happens in season two that I completely forgotten about, and I'm just, like, remembering yeah. it anew each week. Yeah. But also, like, I've forgotten a lot about Anne of Avonlea, so... Exactly. Me too. So, why don't we just get started? Yeah. Um, episode 21 is called Stuff My Students Say. Uh, not shit my students say, I assume, <laughs> to try not to get hit by YouTube centers. Though, they did have that Dicks Will Be Dicks episode earlier. True. So. Yeah, I don't know. Anne starts it off by saying that she thinks teaching is fun, no matter what Jane says. Uh, she uh, thinks that a lot of the things that her students say are very funny, even though uh, Marilla scoffs at her when she laughs while editing some of their essays. But then when Anne usually explains the, the what happened, uh, Marilla usually chuckles too and is like, oh, these teens and their cell phones. Um, Anne says that she's not here for shaming teenagers, so she's like going to be anonymous about it, but she does want to share the funny things that they say. Uh, she says that English is her teaching English is going pretty well, uh, though she has to like limit her expectations on actually getting the kids to read the books. Though she did have one student that she got to read by having him read Fight Club. I've never read the book. Yeah, me neither. That. Yeah, she says she wants to suggest Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy next. Yeah, which, that's a uh, solid recommendation, I think. I'm assuming this was... I, I, I kind of was trying to guess throughout the episode who said what... Uh, I was assuming this was Jacob. <laughs> yeah, probably. Because she has three male students, uh, and then it seems like Anthony isn't doing anything, and then Paul is already a reader, yeah, so I, it, like, it's I probably Jacob. Jacob. Anne has prevented uh, students from getting into trouble by uh, having very good Wikipedia copy radar. Mm-hmm. And some of the smarter ones use Google Scholar, but Anne can also recognize that. Yes. She says that uh, their misconceptions about geography and especially Africa could fill a miniseries. Yup. They were like looking at a map of Africa with like little lights everywhere that they used Facebook. And there was like this big blank spot in the center. And one student was like, oh, they don't use Facebook there because they can't afford computers. And it's like, like, no, that's just a desert. (laughs) That's actually just probably the Sahara or something. Yeah. <laughs> and another student uh, said that they thought poor Africans are drawn to Christianity because they're sad and need comfort. Yeah, and I'm just like, we don't have time to unpack all of that or really any of we that. Do not, <laughs> we do not have time to get into that. And Anne doesn't even get into it. She's just like, She's oh just my like, God. I'm skipping that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She says one student thought there was an ocean between Russia and Eastern Europe, and one thought that India wasn't in Asia. Yeah. Which, I, I understand those a bit more, because, like, I, I don't really get the, like, Russia and Eastern Europe one, but, because, like, if you look at that continent, there's no ocean there. But I, I get a little bit thinking that India is not in Asia. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, we're Americans and... Like, when people talk about Asia, they often just mean East Asia. So people don't always recognize that, like, it's so many countries. Um, And also, people talk about Europe and Asia as two different continents when they're not two different continents. They're just one landmass. So I can see where Mm -hmm. those confusions could come from, but they're still funny. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. In biology, uh, someone asked if condoms are made out of the rubber tree, and they Googled it, and they actually are. Interesting. Uh, I guess because rubber. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, One male student uh, asked about uh, people combining their surnames when they're married and was like, why can't we use, like, the first part of my last name and the second part of someone else's last name? I don't know. For example, my best bro. Uh, and then he very he got very embarrassed. That's very cute. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end of the video, Anne asked people to comment, what is the silliest belief you or one of your peers held on to for the longest time? 
Do you have any any of those? I've been trying to think about one ever since I watched these uh, night before last, and I'm not like I definitely have them. Um, but all that's coming to mind is like silly pronunciations of words that I've had. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like how I couldn't, I didn't understand that duvet and the word I was reading as dovet were the same thing for like a solid three years. Yeah. Uh, I think that makes sense. Uh, for me, it's, I was thinking about it and it's mostly like music related things. Hmm. Where like I attribute certain songs to certain bands when like they're not those bands yeah like i was typically thinking of i for uh, the longest time i thought that the band mgmt and m83 were the same band (laughs) uh and i only realized that they weren't very recently when i started getting more into mgmt and i was like why is it why isn't uh why isn't midnight city on their page it's like no that's a different band yeah yep yeah, I feel like those uh, are pretty, like, universal. You just have these things that you don't even realize you're wrong about for, like, many years. And mm-hmm. I know I have other ones, and I just can't yeah. remember. So if I think of them, uh, I can bring that up or not. I guess also, I'm just very bad at keeping track of people's families. Mm. Does that make sense? Like, friends of mine. I, they mention a relative and I'm like, okay, wait, was that your brother or was that the cousin you mentioned? Or like, like that kind of thing. I'm just like, I'm very bad at keeping track of who's who in a family. Yeah. I just default to saying like how people are related to me because there are too many of them and no one will ever keep track and I barely even keep track. So it, I hope is helpful. (laughs) Also, I don't talk about them all that often. Okay. Episode 22 is called A Chad Day. Why is it called that? Um, unsure. Because there's no one named Chad in it. Well, according to Urban Dictionary, um, the most likely definition of Chad that could be being used in this episode title is something that is rubbish or unworthy. I think. Um, okay. All these other ones are um, not. Okay. Not what I, we that's want. Just um, yeah. So Anne starts the video by saying that she has done a very bad thing, and that it's just been a bad day in general. First of all, she woke up with really bad kick cramps. Um, a lot of little things happened during the day that kind of got on her nerves. There was a thing where she spilled tea on her papers in Miss Stacy's class, and Miss Stacy had just only recently reluctantly started letting them bring drinks in class, so that was bad. And then uh, she set off the fire alarm accidentally during chemistry class. Uh-huh. Uh... And then finally, she was like, it was Friday, but she, she was like, okay, well, I'll be, be able to see Paul. But actually, uh, Paul and Anthony had to switch days for tutoring this week. Uh, Anthony was kind of sitting there just on his phone, as he always is. And Anne kind of snapped. She asked him if he even cared that his parents were spending money on these lessons. And he says, and I quote, Yes, exactly. My parents pay for these lessons and you are here wasting your time because you need money since your fake dad died. Mm, that's just awful. That is a very bad thing to say. It's really, really bad. It's really not okay. Yeah. Anne asked him for his phone and he refused and said, well, you know what I think of orders from the likes of you. And then he spits in her hand. Yep. And then Anne slapped him in the face. Yes. And that is so satisfying. Like, obviously she shouldn't have done that. Right? She there, Yeah. She should not have done that. But it's such a satisfying moment. <laughs> yeah. She kind of ran away immediately after that, left him alone. And now she's talking about it, and she's like, I can never accept physical assault against a child. Why did I do that? 
how am I supposed to look Jane in the eyes? All that sort of thing. She feels like she's compromised her morals. Yeah, this is, like, really in line with, like, discussions I've been having in my education class this week, because we're all, the whole class is about, like, teaching to different students' needs and, like, adjusting your instruction according to who you have in your class and, like, where they're coming from. Um, but the question does occasionally come up of, like, what happens when someone is just causing problems and none of your other solutions work and, like, you have to take some sort of disciplinary action. And that's, like, not what they're trying to train us to do, but it's also a situation that probably will eventually show up, especially in high schools. So it's just interesting that they have... And in that situation, it's, like, a thing that people actually deal with. Though, like, Anne is not an official teacher, as we've said. She's just sort of a tutor. Um, And so her slapping Anthony is obviously not okay. But, like, Mm -hmm. if a teacher had done that, that would be, like, a fireable offense. But she's another student. Yeah, and in the book, she doesn't slap him exactly, but she does, like, what What does she do? Oh, she whips him. Okay. Uh, which, I guess, like, that kind of thing was more acceptable in classrooms back in the day. Yeah, it was just something that was, like, against Anne's own moral code. Yeah. Not necessarily against, like, what she was allowed to do. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, they put that in the miniseries sequel, but it was a different character. It was, Hmm. um, what's her face? In Kingsport, there's like a whole, Pringle, Jen Pringle. It's like her worst student, and she like brings a snake to class or something, and then Anne Hmm. whips her. And those were those were high school students, so yeah, weird. Okay. In the end, did this have a positive effect? <laughs> Who can really say? Because uh, next episode, episode twenty three, is called the aftermath. It's Anne and Paul in Anne's room, and Paul says that Anthony Pie has come around. Anne was surprised that he didn't file a complaint, uh, and then he was so pleasant at their meeting on Thursday. And Paul says that Anthony kind of has a crush on Anne now. But not like a real romantic crush, more like a puppy crush. Yeah, apparently he said that she's the smartest girl he ever knew and that she hits like a man. I'm like, boy, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> and Anne says, I bitch slapped him. And Paul says, it must be about fourth or something. Yeah. Uh, Anthony carried Anne's books to class and Paul was like, oh, maybe it's not just a puppy crush then. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, Anthony thinks it's rare for a girl to stand up for herself, uh, which is not great. Yeah. And Anne says that this is not the way that she wanted to gain his respect. Yeah, she says, my ideals are in ruins. Mm-hmm. And Paul's just like, look on the bright side. <laughs> yeah, he says that at least she has someone in, like, the more racist, sexist, etc., corner of the school who's like on her side now yeah which is yeah something it's a thing episode 24 is called unsatisfying vlog it starts with it's the whole thing is Anne kind of handheld vlogging in her room uh she apologizes for not having a better video this week she says that life is a mess and she's been super busy. She's even drinking coffee. Yup. She says that the school council has revived the tradition of prom with the popularity contest of prom king and queen. And there is some kid named Judson Parker. Yeah. She's <laughs> just a name. It's such a name. Uh, who is, uh, his family is rich and he is using that money to bribe people into voting for him for prom king yeah i can't even comprehend being at a school where people care enough to try to like buy prom king 
Yeah, I don't even know if my school did that because I never went to prom. Yeah, I went to prom because it was just a dance. Like, I, prom was just another dance every year. The whole school could go. It cost like $12 and there was a theme and, you know, there was like a prom king and prom queen, but they weren't like, I think twice um, in my four years, the prom king was not someone who went to my school. That's weird. It was just, like, someone who was dating the prom queen. That's very strange. Yeah, because, like, no one cared. People weren't, I don't know, it just wasn't very much of a thing. So, it was just, like, a dance that you went to where we had voting. Yeah, I have no clue what prom at my school was about. I, I, I assume... It was more about the after prom mm. because that's the kind of school I went to. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, we usually were like at some sort of venue that would be next to like a Starbucks or something. And when people were bored with the prom, they would just like go across the street to the other thing. But there wasn't usually really an after party or if they was, if there was, I wasn't invited, which is fine. <laughs> Listen, I went to private school in New York City, and it's not quite Gossip Girl, but it's certainly a thing, and I just, I never wanted to be a part of any of it. So, episode 25 is called Crisis Averted. Uh, Jane says that Anne has stopped Judson from running for prom king, and she won't tell them how. Yeah, Anne says that she literally can't tell them, um... And so, of course, they're even more curious. Jane says that she saw Judson offer Anne a ride after school, and Gilbert's like, you shouldn't get into cars of strange men. And I'm like, ha! (laughs) Ha. Sir. (laughs) She got into your car. Yes. And then Jane says that Judson creepily followed Anne into the woods. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) But Anne says that they just talked. Well, Jane is convinced that Anne is magic, and Anne says that she came across information that Judson doesn't want known, so he said he'd stopped running for prom king. And Gilbert's like, you blackmailed him! (laughs) She's like, it's not blackmail, he offered! (laughs) Oh my god. Uh, Judson has apparently destroyed Anne's belief in humankind. (laughs) And then my favorite exchange of the episode is when Gilbert says, Capitalist, Jane says, pervert. And Anne says, but not at least our prom king. I love that. Episode 26 is called Dora Went Missing. Anne explains that there was no video yesterday uh, because Dora had mysteriously disappeared while Marilla was at the store and Davy was out making snow angels, which ironically is very ironic uh, considering what happened. Yes. Uh, There was no sign of Dora at the house or around it, and Anne says that Dora is not the kind of kid who would hide or go somewhere without telling them. They are about to call the police, and Davy is super excited about that, but Anne decides to check Mr. H's house first, and it turns out that Davy has locked Dora into Mr. H's shed. Yeah, so that's bad. That's really bad. Bad, because, like, if he... If they hadn't found out and he hadn't told them, like, she would have just been stuck in there. Yeah. And... Like, maybe Mr. H would have found her before something really bad happened, but... Yeah, it's really not okay. And as Anne says, he lied multiple times about something that was clearly important and, like, found it funny. Um, Yeah. And that's... Yeah, that's bad. And Anne started crying, and that kind of snapped Davy out of it, and he apologized. But Anne is just happy that she's making the video instead of posting missing person flyers for Dora. Yeah. And someone in the comments was talking about how in the book, this is kind of excused as a sort of boys will be boys thing. Hmm. Uh which I am glad that they made it have more weight in this because that's a really terrible thing to do. Yeah, it's really not okay. Um, Also, we get another another glimpse at, like, Anne's thoughts about, 
like discipline and consequences. Mm -hmm. She says that Davy seeing like the emotional consequences of his actions was better than like some sort of unconnected punishment. Um, yeah. Like, you don't get dinner tonight or whatever, and that's very true. Um, yeah. Like, the consequences yeah, should definitely. fit the the thing that was done. Um, and, yeah, we just have to hope that this actually makes an impact on Davy and he doesn't do this sort of thing again. Episode 27 is called Chatting with Gil 3. I love this episode, but I have to say... Uh, it is a little bit upsetting that this episode has two over 2,000 views, and the last episode only has about 650. Uh-huh. So, like, people are clearly gravitating towards this series for a specific reason at this point. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, there are the 650 people who are watching every episode, which is great, but, like... Again, I'm like, it's not all about Gilbert, folks. It's really not. He's like, he's like 20% of the appeal. Maybe. Yeah. And he is an appeal. Yeah. I like Gilbert, but like, and I really like yeah. this episode. This is one of my favorites, but still, mm -hmm. come on. Yeah, it's just kind of disappointing. Yeah. Um... It starts with Anne and Gilbert. They're talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and Gilbert is surprised that she doesn't like Buffy that much because it has such great female characters and queer representation. And then the screen comes up with us. Uh, it says, spoilers for Buffy and Firefly and trigger warning for rape discussion. Yeah. And so we go on to Anne saying that she does like Buffy, uh, and she does like the representation of Willow, but it makes her uncomfortable that it was written mainly by a straight guy and that Willow kind of magically turned gay after meeting Tara. Yeah. Uh, which is definitely something I've seen, like, discourse about online with, like, people saying if, like, this was written now, Willow would be bi because she did love Oz. Yeah. Or, like... Though, like, also, there are, there are still characters who, like... I don't know. I saw this exact same discourse yesterday on TikTok about Santana from Glee. So I feel like it's like an ongoing thing um, where there's yeah. characters who like show explicit interest in men. And then as soon as they show interest in one woman, they're like suddenly canonically a lesbian, which is great to have that representation. It's just a little bit yeah. frustrating that they're not but, like, bi. Also also, compulsive heterosexuality is a thing. Exactly. And like, so, it's... And, like, they're fictional, so... The fact like, is that, like, Willow never really talks about it in, like, a... Well, I realized that my feelings for men in the past weren't really... Were kind of compulsive or something like that. They, they never go into it, really. Yeah. So... Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just a thing, and, like, I would say we've moved past it, but I'm not sure we have, but, like... Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess, like, Jane the Virgin, the last season was awful, but one good thing about it was, I guess, spoiler for the last season of Jane the Virgin, um, Petra explicitly saying that she's bi, um, when when someone sees that she's dating a woman and is like, oh, you're a lesbian now? And she's like, no, I'm bi. Um, mm -hmm. So that is an evolution of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. Anne also says that she can't stand Spike. She thinks that she he's just dumb, selfish, and sexually abusive, and that he gets away with his sins without atoning for them, which I, I guess relates to earlier in the season when she was talking about like her idea of karma yeah i i don't like spike that much either so i am on Anne's side here yeah i mean i'm pretty much on Anne's side with everything in this episode um there's, there's one thing where i can't be on her side but we'll get to okay. it okay uh, well there's two things anyway <laughs> um He's, uh, she says that Spike only got his soul because he was feeling salty about being rejected and wanted to prove a point. Yes. And Gilbert argues that uh, you could say it's 
Drusilla's fault for biting Spike and making him a vampire, and said so that she she took away his soul and moral compass. And then Anne's like, well, then you just go blaming like sire after sire until you get to the first vampire ever. Yeah. And Gilbert says that he likes that there aren't clear moral lines in Buffy, which is a an interesting thing about Buffy. But like, sometimes the sometimes there are some situations where you want a moral line and some where you don't. And I feel like Buffy doesn't always get those right. Yeah, definitely. Anne asks why Buffy can kill whoever she wants in the like the all the demons and stuff because it's been shown that some demons are actually like okay people and Gilbert just thinks that's a flaw in the writing yeah and thinks Xander's a dick I okay okay I get that I get it but also I am a part of the Xander defense club <laughs> uh cause like he is my exact favorite type of character mm-hmm. besides like his weird misogyny and grossness like my favorite type of character in, like, fantasy shows is always, like, the one normal person who gets caught up in all this stuff. Yeah. That is, like, my <laughs> jam. And so I kind of have to like Xander on that principle, because I think that in some episodes when he's written well, he can be, like, a really cool example of that. Yeah. But also, he's written by, like, Joss Whedon, and Xander is kind of Joss Whedon's self-insert. Uh, so, like, I get hating him, uh, because he does really dickish things, but also I'm just, like, I wish Xander was better, you know? I, I see the potential in Xander, and that's what I like. Yeah, that makes sense. And also dislikes that everyone is white in the show except for Kendra, and then Kendra gets killed off to be replaced by a white girl, and... She says, ironically, Firefly has more people of color. Uh, the thing about Firefly, for me, is that yes, it has more people of color, but it also has way more, like, cultural appropriation uh-huh. and, like, really weird attitudes about race. Where, like, for some reason... I, th- I forget exactly which language it is, but for some reason, everyone speaks in Mandarin now. And, like, or, like, uses, like, slang, Mandarin slang. Weird. And, like, it's never, like, really explained why. And there's always, there's, like, a lot of, like, Asian-inspired architecture. Um, but, like, so, like, all the white characters on the show are, like involved like like using that culture and i guess you could argue that it's like a future where the cultures are kind of mixed but like watching it now it's like it feels really appropriative yeah and that's probably a question of like were these the people to write that sort of a futuristic culture yeah exactly yeah um also, like, its treatment of Inara, who is, um, a sex worker character, is just, mm, mm, not good. Fun. It's, it's very bad a lot of the time. Uh, but Anne says that Firefly might be one of her favorite shows of all time, and, like, I do get why. Mm-hmm. I had a big waiting phase in, like, 2012, 2013, uh, so I totally get those shows appeal. Yeah. It's just, like, I also have, like, read enough meta at this point to be, like, there's some stuff in those shows that, like, mm. Yeah, I mean, this sort of thing is what the term problematic fave was invented for, even though I don't really like yeah. that term. Um, yeah. Like, I definitely have one. It's, it's, it's not a Whedon invention, but. Oh, I have so many. I have so many trash things that I love. <laughs> yeah, but I yeah, I'm just thinking of like one thing in particular, which is the uh, Shadowhunters, the books, and okay. the show. None of it is good. Yeah, none of it is good. Um, and yet, 
Zoe, listen. <laughs> I have gotten into pro wrestling recently. That's very true. You want to talk trash? <laughs> That's trash. But yes. it's like the best kind of trash. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it turns out that Gilbert was the one who introduced Anne to Firefly. And he, she's like, here's your crown. And he says, I want the crown to have the text culture master written on it. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. Something about this was that Anne says one reason she likes Firefly, I think, was that she loves um, the idea of rebels fighting against an oppressive government. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, then why does she never bring up Star Wars? Hmm. That was just, maybe she just hasn't watched Yeah, maybe she hasn't. But that was just interesting because that's, like, the the main piece of popular media that I think of um, yeah. in relation yeah. to that. And it's not something that I think ever comes up on this show. Anne says that he's not the culture master because he likes Hemingway. Yes. <laughs> uh, Anne says that Hemingway was sexist and racist. And Gilbert counters that she likes Jane Austen. I'm like, that's uh, not and- a valid comeback, Gil. Like, yeah, at all. Yeah, like, Jane Austen books, Jane Austen books are not really sexist, at least not in the same way. There are occasionally times when, like, like her treatment of Lydia in Pride and Prejudice or, like, yeah. any kind of, like, more promiscuous woman is kind of sketchy. Yeah, but, but like, it's, like, you still have to consider, like, the that it's it's not necessarily i mean sometimes it is but it's like in mansfield park it's very much a moral judgment on mariah but in like pride and prejudice it's more like saying that like this is the society that they're in these are the rules of the society and when you do certain things there are going to be consequences and like lydia encounters those consequences and it's not good um yeah. But she's not necessarily framed as the one who's at fault, like, by the narrative. She just is in a society where, like, she can't escape from the situation now. Um, so I just think, like, there's a lot of nuance to it. And also, like, was Jane Austen racist? I mean, probably to an extent. Um, but I do know that, like... Yeah. yeah. Like, it's complicated, right? Like, she does have one person of color in all of her books, and it's in Sanditon, which is unfinished. Um, But, like, there there is some subtext in Mansfield Park about slavery. And actually, I think I heard about someone who actually taught Mansfield Park in their, like, slavery literature class, um, which is fascinating. I just think, like, there's a lot going on there, and you can't just reduce it down to Jane Austen was also sexist and racist, yeah. because the fact yeah. is... Especially like, because Hemingway was writing so much later yeah, than her. Right, Hemingway was writing so much later in a completely different context, and, yeah. like, the, I... Huh. <laughs> yeah. All right, but now we get to the most important scene. Uh, yes. That I, I've just written it out in its entirety, and I'm going to read okay. it because I love this part so much. Yes. Uh, so, okay, here we go. Uh, Anne says, uh, so imagine this. There are two characters, a man and a woman, usually in this heterocentric world of ours, <laughs> and they meet each other and they hate each other from the get-go. And Gilbert says, yeah, well, sounds familiar. <laughs> Anne says... Well, obviously it does. That's like the formula to every single romantic comedy ever written. So the man falls in love with the woman. Despite the first impression, the woman eventually gets charmed by his whatever. And then there's a huge obstacle for their love. Eventually they solve the obstacle. And after that, the woman can't believe that the man could ever love her. There's a huge declaration of love and they live happily ever after or something. And then Gilbert says, God, I hope so. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, this part. It's it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Yep. And then Anne's like continuing and then she's like, wait, what did you say? <laughs> and Gilbert just like, I didn't say anything. What are you talking about? You know, something I love about this show and also the books is that like 
Gilbert is Anne's friend, but he's also such a love interest. Like, he is not... Yeah. Um, I mean, and, like, I guess what I mean by that is that, like, he really wants to be the love interest and, like, puts himself in that role um, mm-hmm. in a way that I think, like, men don't usually. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Like, he wants to be living in a romantic comedy, whether he realizes it or not. And starts arguing that Jane Austen created this formula of Pride and Prejudice. And I'm like, mm, mm. much ado about nothing. Yeah, it's the uh, same. It's the same. It's, it's <laughs> basically the same thing. Like, she didn't... Uh, unfortunately, we do have to give that one to Shakespeare. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Enemies to Lovers dates back to at least Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah. Gilbert said that he will reread Pride and Prejudice with an open mind if Anne tries out The Old Man in the Sea. Anne suggests that uh, she throw in him listening to a full Taylor Swift album with an open mind. And I wrote, I hope she suggests Speak Now, because I think that's the one Gilbert would like the most, at least at the time. Yeah. What what was released. Uh, But I guess the current album at the time was 1989. Yeah. Uh, And he says he will listen to the deluxe version of 1989. If she listens to a Leonard Cohen album... Or that, or half an album, whatever she can get through. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, then, Pride and Prejudice versus The Old Man in the Sea is not a good trade, but throwing in Taylor Swift and no. half of a Leonard Cohen album is interesting. Like that's a more yeah. interesting trade. Um, but like yeah. I've read The I Old actually, Man in the Sea, it's not. There's it's 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 nothing happens. <laughs> okay, I have not read it. But I, the only, uh, like, Hemingway thing I've really read is uh, Hills Like White Elephants. Mm, yeah, I've read that, too. Which I actually really like. Yeah, it, it was pretty good. Um, it's definitely, definitely like better story, than like, The Old Man in the Sea, which is like a novella. Not, it's not even a novel. It's pretty short. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, after watching this episode, I started making a playlist. Uh-huh. And the playlist is called Anne and Gilbert, but it's just Taylor Swift. Good. <laughs> Uh, I will link to the playlist on our Twitter and Instagram after uh, we after we post this. Excellent. <laughs> uh, if anyone has any suggestions for songs to add, I have about eleven on it at this point. Uh, please let me know. <laughs> Gilbert asks Anne if she can plug his blog, and Anne's like, "Wait, how long have we known each other? Six months? Uh, uh, how long have we been friends? Six months? You have a blog and you never told me, and he's had it for over a year." And this blog is called... What is it called, Zoe? The (laughs) G-Spot. It's called The (laughs) G-Spot. And says that that's a Charlie-level joke. Uh, And Gilbert's like, what do you mean? (laughs) And Anne is just breaking down laughing and says, you're going to make me say please visit The G-Spot on my channel? And Gilbert's (laughs) like, it was my private place, and now I'm opening it up for business. (laughs) Yeah. And then Gil- and then Anne says, looking for the G-spot? Don't worry, it's conveniently linked down below. Yes. It's all very good. It's so good. So, I assume you did the same thing I did and went to go look at Gil- Gilbert's blog after that. Yes. I'm... Which is a really interesting thing, because they have been running this blog since the beginning of, even before the beginning of season one. Yeah. Um... So I have a section in my notes called the G-Spot Rewind. Uh, Excellent. Why don't you so get us started on that? Okay, so the first posts are about him while he was on his exchange program living in New York. Um, he talks a bit about like how he, how much he loves it there and how his dad is visiting soon and he isn't sure if his dad will get along with his host family. Uh, but then he'll listen to some Billy Joel to get through it, and I was like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I, I, I don't really know Leonard Cohen that much, but I love Billy Joel. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> then he does this whole big post about this re- all the research he did on privilege. Yeah. And he links to like some videos and stuff. Yeah, and like a BuzzFeed quiz then- of like how privileged are you. Mm-hmm. 
he posts a poem, and the poem is about jealousy. And I just wonder, who is he jealous of? Because obviously he he's likes Anne at this point. But who is the, uh, is it Diana? Hmm. That this poem is about, that he's jealous of? It, it must be, because I can't think of any other, like, love interest that Anne had during the first season. Right. Yeah, and this was early 2016 was when it was posted. Um, mm-hmm. So that would have been before the Anne has a crush on Diana reveal, but it could be friendship jealousy. He, uh, he then writes a post about uh, his car ride with Anne. And uh, it's basically just like a sum up of the events, but from a different perspective. He is incredibly disappointed that he and Anne will never be friends. And then there was one post that I found really interesting, which is about uh, him missing living in York. He feels like he found himself while living in York, and he feels like he hasn't been true to that new self while living in Avonlea. Yeah. Um, Well, it's sort of setting up um, the end of season three. So yeah, I, I only read up to the current date that we are in on the show. Yeah. And I think I am going to, uh, like, if there's a post that happens around the same time of the video that we get to, I will just summarize it up really quickly. Episode 28 is called Tending to My Fro. It's basically just a video of Anne filming her hair care routine, and she says in the description that Gilbert helped with filming. It's a very nice and calming video. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It is, like, cool to see, you know? Yeah, it is. She's, like, sectioning her hair and moisturizing it and then putting it into braids. Um, mm-hmm. And she, like, shows all her products that she uses, and that's the video. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. Episode 29 is called Are We Out of the Woods Yet? Yes, I did put Out of the Woods on the playlist. <laughs> uh, they are filming in the woods. Uh, Jane is holding the camera. She's uh, It's Jane, Priscilla, Diana, and Anne. Uh, Jane holding the camera says, now this is, is adventurous. Yes. I just, realized, I just realized that Ruby is in this season even less than Diana is. True, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, well. Anne wants them to dance around a tree like wood nymphs, and Priscilla joins in, but Diana and Jane do not. Yeah. Diana has a bubble blower. Um, they, she stole them from Minnie Mae. We find out that it's Anne's birthday, and that uh, that's why they're in the woods celebrating. Yeah. For lunch, they have juicy pies, not Josie pies. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. Diana, it's so funny. There are some nice shots of the forest, and then Priscilla asks if they've ever wondered what a human soul would look like, which is like, only Anne has wondered this. Yeah. <laughs> Anne thinks that they look like flowers and that everyone's soul looks like the flower that they are. It, Diana, she says that Diana's flower would be Heather. And I'm looking up flower meanings. Okay, so Heather flowers commonly mean good luck, admiration, and protection. Um, They say that Anne's would be a violet, and a violet means loyalty, devotion, faithfulness, and modesty. Yeah, it's... Which, though that is from the book, is her saying that uh, the souls of good violets. Yeah, but we, I think, have an added additional meaning to violets, which is that violets have been... Oh, Historically, yeah, gay. Gay. yeah, very gay. Um, very associated with queer sapphic. women. Um, yeah, sapphic specifically. Yeah, so um, that's like a double, a double significance yeah. of violets for Anne. They say that uh, Jane would be a lily, and this website I'm on uh, says that they're kind of like two different lilies. Uh, if it's a calla lily, it's beauty, and if it's day lily, it's more and more means like a mother. Huh. The second one, I think, fits Jane more. Yeah. Not saying she's not pretty, but... (laughs) Yeah, but she's not someone who's focused on her appearance at all. Like, probably the Mm -hmm. least of the characters. And then for Priscilla, it's uh, Hydrangea. 
which here says it means gratitude for being understood and also frigidity and heartlessness. Hmm. Interesting. I'm yeah. not sure if we need to read too much into that. It could just be aesthetic. Yeah, um, yeah true. Yeah, I'm sure. Episode 30 is called When It Rains. We have Anne and Diana in Anne's room. Yay! It's been so long. It's been so long. Uh, Diana says that they should be drinking raspberry vodka instead <laughs> after all of this they've been through today and that reminded me of have i ever told you this my the story of the cranberry juice i don't think so okay so i i got in like my sophomore year of college i got invited to a, a hanukkah party which really just ended up being people on sitting on the floor eating latkes and drinking okay which i i, I ate the latkes <laughs> <laughs> and then uh they had, like, a big thing of cranberry juice, uh, and then someone, like, offered me a cup, and I was like, oh, no, thank you. And they said, oh, I can do one without vodka. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, I just don't like cranberry juice. <laughs> I wouldn't have wanted to drink the vodka anyway, but... You just didn't want either component. <laughs> No, I just, I didn't want it at all. And I didn't even know that there was vodka in it in the first place. Uh, so that's, that's my college experience. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sitting on the floor eating latkes while the people around me get drunk. <laughs> oh man, I think I have had, I have had vodka and cranberry juice. Actually. Oh, is that like a common thing? I guess. I mean, I guess it's like... <laughs> Vodka is the easiest alcohol to get your hands on. You can get, like, Hawkeye, okay. which is the shittiest vodka that exists. It's really bad, which means you have to mix mm. it with juice for it to be, like, tolerable. Um, okay. And I feel like cranberry juice is, like, often a go-to juice because I guess mixing, like, orange juice with vodka seems kind of strange. Okay. So, what about apple juice? Do people ever do apple juice? Uh, I might drink that. Not in Iowa, or at least not in, like, my social circle okay. in Iowa. Is apple juice considered, like, too childish? I don't know. I would have to ask someone who drinks alcohol more than I do. Um, okay. Or, like, who's the in person who... Guessed, in case you haven't guessed, listeners, <laughs> I have never drunk alcohol in my life. That's not true. My dad took me out for a beer on my 21st birthday, and I only, I drank, like, a little bit of the foam, and then I was like, I'm done. Yeah, the time I've done the most drinking was the week after, or, like, the Christmas week of last year when I was in England with my sister, and she was, like, constantly taking me to pubs and making me drink beer or occasionally, like, alcoholic ginger ale, which is far superior to beer um but okay that's like most of my alcohol intake in my life comes from that one week <laughs> uh they and diana are talking about how they've been so busy it turns out that priscilla's aunt is a woman named charlotte morgan who is the author of some of anne's favorite books uh, mrs morgan was going to meet them and have dinner with them and miss stacy because she ended up being in avonlea and then Anne starts a game show segment. Yes. And she starts playing like game show music and she says game show time. When everyone comes up with where everyone comes up with something that went wrong that evening until one of them runs out of things to say. <laughs> yes. Diana says Miss Morgan never showed up because she sprained her ankle. Anne says that they didn't get Priscilla's text about it because Avonlea reception is so bad and they waited an hour. Diana says that Davy climbed on the table and ruined Anne's onion spinach quiche. That actually sounds kind of good. It does. Yeah. Anne says that they added too much salt to the gravy when they were anxious, and that made it inedible. And Diana says that Davy tried to spy on them after and then ended up dropping Aunt Josephine's dinner plate, which is, like, very old and hand-painted. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to have to find a replacement plate on Etsy. And Diana thought of more, so she wins. And Anne says her prize is not having to go of Anne to Aunt Josephine with the replacement plate. Yes, which is a, a good um, 
surprise. I, I really liked this chunk of episodes a lot. Yeah, I did too. They were good ones. Yeah, obviously we have episode 27, which everyone knows is great. Uh, yeah. But also, like, I really like all these kind of, like, one or two episode arcs and like that we have. Like the Anthony Pye thing and the Judson Parker thing. I really like that. Yeah. It helps make it feel so episodic and, like, it helps it feel like a real vlog in that we're not watching, like, one whole story. We're watching, like, a bunch of little things happen. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, like, she's she's telling us the important things in her life, and sometimes those things are connected, and sometimes they're not connected, and sometimes we see her friends, and sometimes we don't see her friends, and sometimes something really yeah. dramatic happens, like Dora going missing, and sometimes it's just, like, the drama is, like judson parker right it's like um or we just get like chatting with gil which is not about mm. anything like their conversation is what it's about so yeah a nice variety of episodes i guess is what i'm trying to say yeah definitely next week we will be watching episodes 31 through 40 of season two and that will be the end of season two. Yeah. So we're, yeah, we're finishing season two for next week. Um, I'm excited to remember what happens in the last part of season two. I feel like it's a lot of Miss Lavender stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, because we haven't even met her yet, and we have to get through yeah. her whole thing. After next week's episode, I feel like maybe for our own sanity we should take a break because finals are coming yeah. up well they're coming up for you i i have uh, three weeks still but that's just because my yeah. school has uh messed with schedule this semester so i'm basically at mm. my second midterms of the semester right now oof, oof. yeah i have a uh, paper day tomorrow you might take a we might take a break after uh, next episode. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how we feel. Yeah. But yeah, we'll probably take a break um, in between season two and season three, but we'll see. And mm -hmm. yeah, because season three is like, I want to do it justice. Okay. So thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, that would be great. We have a few ratings, but no reviews yet. So I'm just saying it would be cool if someone wrote a review. Yeah, if someone wrote um, a review, we could read your review on the podcast. Yeah. Um. yeah. Um, and you can find our podcast on basically every podcast platform there is. Um, if you want to uh, tweet at us, Instagram us, especially if you want to help with this Taylor Swift playlist. Yes. Uh <laughs> Please do that at It's Super Impod. That's where we are on the internet. Uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Zoe, do you have any other things you want to say? Nope. I uh, guess we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, thank you guys, and we will talk to you next time. Bye! Bye!